Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm okay, how are you doing? I'm okay, how do I sound? Do I sound okay? You sound very nice. Oh, thank you, that's sweet. <laughs> um, I, yeah, things were a bit of a faff with the dog and it set us back a little bit, so we didn't have uh, we didn't have dinner until just gone seven. So Nothing too serious, I hope. We don't think so. It was one of those things where the dog was kind of screaming whenever she moved and trying to get up and down off the sofa and stuff. But by the time we got her to the vets, it, it looked like she'd probably got a trapped nerve or something, but was just completely freaking out about it. As, I mean, you know, I probably would as well. Dogs can't Google, though, so... No, she has no understanding of what's going on. I mean, that's a good and a bad thing, though, isn't it? Because, um, yes, you can Google to find some health issue out and it might put you at rest, but probably more often you're going to get yourself into some sort of crazy Googling rabbit hole and find out that everything ends up in cancer. Yeah, which, I mean, everything does, unless you're lucky enough not to get it, because that's the way around it goes. What are the stats on cancer? Let's see. What are the chances? Spare is pertinent to what we're talking about, so or kind of getting cancer. Lifetime risk of developing or dying from cancer. This means he has about one chance in 26 of developing bladder cancer. You see, the problem is if you read that, that's just a little bit on Google that it tells you about what's on the actual sites, then you have to look, because otherwise you're left with, I have a 1 in 26 chance of developing bladder cancer. That's definitely not something that benefits from a skim reading. Right, swig of water. It is warm this evening. I think I'm sharing oxygen with a bunch of tomato plants. So on the one hand, I might faint, but on the other hand, we might have homegrown tomatoes eventually. If we get lucky with the weather. Well, this is the week. Is it? Is this the week? Yeah, I think so. This is the week. I think this is our summer. This week. Uh, certainly it looks like it looks like summer walking the streets of Southampton. I don't really know how everyone's so prepared for a tiny slither of sun in this country. If you have crappy weather in the morning, but then at lunchtime you get a bit of sun, suddenly you'll start to see people in, like, vest tops and tiny skirts and... I mean, women mainly in the vest tops and tiny skirts. Mm. And guys with their tops off and stuff like that. And it's like, well, how did how did those guys know when they left the house at 8am when I left the house <laughs> that it was uh, that it was the weather was going to be so nice? Well, here's the thing. Some of them might layer up and the others are um, lazy and don't actually leave the house until later in the day. Oh, uh, they're probably actually smart. That's the thing. I mean, I, I was um, walking into town to meet you for lunch. Thank you, by the way, for, um, for the beverage. Oh, I was walking along thinking, oh, this is a lovely day. I like this weather. It brings people out. Everyone seems to just be a little bit happier with their lives. And then I saw the first guy with his shirt off, and I'm like, that is disgusting. <laughs> and, then, and then I started to hate this weather because that's what you see all the time. I don't have a cut enough figure where I would feel happy or confident to remove items of clothing in public. Just in general, like at the beach, or do you mean just in the middle of a town centre? In the middle of a town, yeah. The context is different if you're on a beach or something, Then, in which case it's just like, well, you know, if I'm going to dive in the sea or anything, I've got to be appropriately dressed, and that's fine. You're not going to see me walking around the city centre with flip-flops and my swimming trunks. Wrong context. <laughs> Yeah, But the idea of, like, a guy walking around with his shirt off is pretty grim. It's not, it's not really a reflection on my body image. It's just, like, decency suggests you should probably have a top on. Even if it's just a vest top, you know, wear some clothes. It isn't polite, but it's also quite... 
it feels quite aggressive. It's like an overt display. Yeah, yeah. Because either it's somebody who's a bit grotesque, in which case they're saying, I don't give a fuck, you're just going to have to look at me, I don't care. Or it's someone who is kind of ripped, in which case there's an arrogance and a kind of a peacocking, a posturing about it. It's not what I go into Starbucks for, let's put it that way. I go into Starbucks for mm, perhaps not cheaply priced beverage uh, and to have someone ask me my name like it's important, mm. which is nice. It's like validation. <laughs> yes, I exist. What? What? You mean that's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> we should start the show. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to rein it in, but it's just not happening. <laughs> Oh, just quickly, we got on the Momcast, we got a comment on Facebook today, which was lovely, from Martin Eden, because he always leaves us a little message. But this week, he left the message. Uh, Another great show. I love how comfortable Nick is with talking about masturbating. And I was like, but you've been listening to the show for months. How is this the first time you've thought to comment on that? I just don't understand. Maybe he's finally realised it's a thing. Up until now, they've always been accidents. (laughs) <laughs> now, now i'm just deliberately getting to the point where i'm gonna say oh, he just thought he'd got lucky i noticed listening back to the show that we, we keep using the word as the theme well that, that's the thing is you know when we pick something as a topic words related to it do crop up quite a lot yeah isn't that funny <laughs> yeah as luck would have it <laughs> unanswered okay go on you start oh i've got to start yeah Shit, I don't know. Um... Okay, this episode is about love. (laughs) Nick! Right, well, we we decided a while ago, uh, I think while we were talking about something else, probably, I started ruminating on luck, probably just in my brain. I I can't remember exactly. And whether or not it really exists, whether or not it's actually a tangible thing, whether if you stick around in one place for long enough, good luck still seems to be good luck, or if it just becomes normal or eventually ends up turning into bad luck or whatever. We'll talk about that a bit more, probably. Um, As soon as these fucking motorbikes have stopped going past um it's always hard to tell whether they're mopeds or just like a horde of angry bees yeah yeah i think it could just be a, a wasp stuck in a cigar tube <laughs> i i decided a long time ago that if they ever did a, an adult version of the flintstones wasps stuck in cigar tubes would be what the ladies used uh for vibrators mm. but yeah so i mean i guess uh, or wilma <laughs> Uh, probably Betty. Mm, I was very yeah. much. I'm. I'm a very much a Betty person, which is interesting because Lois from Family Guy seems to be more closely based on Wilma. Even though I don't like the show very much, I do quite fancy Lois. Anyway, uh, so we were thinking about that a little while ago, and I think you wanted to talk about it a bit this week. I suppose the best thing we could really do, though, is try and work out what exactly we mean by uh, luck, because you can get a bit snarled up. Uh, on this apparently no two people really know uh what the word uh, ironic means as we've discussed in a previous show mm-hmm. i guess it's always a good idea with something that's as nebulous as a concept of luck to uh, uh nail down, down what exactly yeah. we mean exactly what does it mean to you because i mean i tend to only think when i'm thinking about luck i tend to only think in terms of bad luck i guess because i'm quite negative i think i might have had different feelings about what luck is at different points in my life Mm-hmm. Like, now I'm more cynical about what constitutes 
luck or how we look upon what we call luck. Whereas in years gone by, I might have found myself wishing for good luck or feeling like a particular thing that happened was a lucky thing, whether that was just finding like a 50 pence piece on the pavement or, Mm. um, I don't know, getting the opportunity for a job interview or something, you know, back in the day. I was like, oh, that's good luck. I feel lucky. Or, yeah, you know. the fact that you spent hours over your CV or your application form doesn't even factor into it at the point where you get that phone call, does it? Yeah, whereas now I don't really look upon, or I, or, or I try not to anyway. I'm sure there are times where I go, oh, lucky so-and-so or what have you. But, I, but now I don't really look upon things as either good luck or bad luck because I think I've probably been around the block enough to just realise that everything is a little bit chaotic and sometimes things might work in your favour and other times they don't. And it's just, I guess, I guess often, you know, we use luck to help rationalise the randomness that's around us. It's hard for me really to have a personal definition of luck today because I don't really feel like it matters anymore, you know? I guess I don't believe in it in the way that perhaps I might have done years ago if that makes sense. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Like you were saying, like, with, with the CV, if you put a lot of effort into that and it goes out and someone reads it and sees the potential in you, then you could say that you were lucky that they wanted to, you know, that they shortlisted you and wanted to interview you. But at the same time, it just could be the result of your hard work, of getting to where you got in your career and then being able to successfully communicate that in one or two pages and have someone actually go, yes, I would like to speak to them. Is that luck or is that a consequence of your hard work on A, B and C? There's a sequence of completely pragmatic factors that all fall into place for certain things, especially something like that to happen. Mm. Like on the one hand, you did the work on your application. On the other hand, you have either by choice or out of desperation ended up doing jobs where you have ended up gaining a skill set. Yep that happened to suit what they were looking for and the person hadn't seen anyone better up to the point that they'd seen your application Mm -hmm. and maybe they were tired after maybe like straight after they finished your application they looked at their watch realized it was nearly home time and so they weren't that bothered about any of the ones that came after it which seems seems like chance but none of it is chance that's like they made a bunch of decisions and so at their end it isn't luck or chance that that happened. It's just the way the way they plan their day out. I think I feel pretty much the way you do about it. I think actually, luck's one of those things that, um, as a concept, it's really it definitely exists for some people tangibly, even though it's nonsense and it doesn't really exist. You know, if someone believes in it enough, it becomes so real for them that it becomes very difficult to argue that it it doesn't exist for them. My uh, sister, for example, is one of those people who always buys lottery tickets. It's pretty much a regular thing. I guess because it's something she does all the time, the cost doesn't even, there's no friction to that behavior. So she kind of forgets she does it. So then, and I've never won anything really that's not true. I have. I've won a graphic novel and stuff. That's besides the point. Um, but then when she does, when she did a few years ago, when something like a thousand pounds on a scratch card, mm-hmm. that must have seemed like luck. But to her, I mean, it was lucky. She didn't have that money. Uh, the money would have been useful. So she got the money and suddenly she was flush. That feels like a good thing. And it kind of feels like it's dropped out of the sky for her. It has dropped out of the sky because she's not even thinking twice about buying those lottery tickets anymore. 
it's as if she was just walking you know she went into the shop bought some fags the lottery ticket just goes on the back of the face as if the lottery tickets are on the back of the pack of fags yeah and so this thousand pounds has just dropped out of the sky and landed on her the fact that that there are lots of numbers in place there's an awful lot of maths and statistics in place as to which lottery tickets scratch cards or whatever have a prize attached to them what the exact breakdown of how many winning tickets there are in a particular shop or in a particular batch or in a particular place. The fact that for her to get that ticket that won meant sort of a couple of hundred people before her had to not get a winning ticket. And they wouldn't have even thought they were unlucky not getting that winning ticket because, you know, like her, they just built that into their day. But of course, if, if luck is this nebulous, nearly spiritual external force or a, if you don't believe in a god, but you can't quite grasp the mathematics of the world around you, then you've got to have something that, that kind of sorts through things and makes sense of them. There's this peculiar thing, isn't there, where if you... we seem to, I seem to keep coming back to these examples um, of things in our shows where um, it involves stepping out into the street and nearly getting run over or getting <laughs> knocked down by a car. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you've taken care of business, you've looked both ways, you've stepped out into the middle of the road and a car has come round the corner far too quickly and there's a, a, a bicycle, like, kind of half-cutting them up as well so they don't really know what they're doing and you manage to just take a step back at the same moment that they manage to swerve and they don't hit you and no-one ends up getting completely uh, knocked out by uh, or, or killed by anyone else. You end up thinking that you got lucky there, but that doesn't make any sense, does it? Well, yeah, I mean, in that scenario, it does sound like luck. It does sound like in all of the available possibilities at that point, the one that played out was no one managed to evade the situation through skill. It was just that the things that might have clashed didn't clash. Hmm. You know, it could have been one of, who knows what the ratio would be, but, you know, one of dozens of scenarios that would have played out. You just happened to stumble upon the one where everyone just manages to have a close shave. That's a good point. Although I'd counter it with, uh, I mean, obviously, really lucky would have been there was no car there coming around the corner in the first place, I guess. I don't know, that sounds more like 1875. I'm living. I'm living in this world where, like, there aren't cars around all the time in my head. Obviously, um, but then I suppose, what if because of that, your blood pressure goes up a little bit, your adrenaline rises, then you go through the rest of the day feeling slightly euphoric but slightly freaked out because of this thing that happened to you earlier on in the day. Mm. You maybe make some bad decisions at work or you don't handle certain things particularly well because you're a bit stressed out, or maybe you drink more coffee than you should because you feel a bit jittery and you're freaking out. And then it doesn't take many events like that over the course of your life for you to end up becoming at serious risk of uh, bad health complications later on because you keep having these stressful things that happen to you where you think you got lucky because you managed to evade getting knocked down, but actually... Each one of them is upping your health risk factors. That's like the Komodo dragon version of Final Destination. What's the Komodo dragon connection? Oh, I've got to explain it. Um, I mean, I understand Final Destination because those films fucking rock. On, on varying degrees. Um, Komodo dragons, very smart. Because I, I, it was one of those um, high-definition Attenborough documentaries over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So there was a scene, there was some wildebeest at, uh, at a watering hole and um, a lot of different species of animals would, would kind of gather there, some of them smarter than others. Komodo dragons would sort of hang out, and they would 
start to pick on the weakest, all it would take would be like a couple of bites on the ankle and that would have enough venom in their system. And then the dragons would just sit back, wait for the thing to die and then go in and eat. Mm-hmm. that's why I was comparing it because it's like instead of an action happening and the consequence happening immediately, you've got this gap. You've got this, this moment where, well, I'm just going to give you a couple of nips here and then I'll just wait. Cause I know what's going to happen. It might take mm. an hour, might take two hours. And in this case, it might take 40 years, but uh, you know, like you say, a few of those, uh, a few of those close shaves and uh, all of a sudden, um, yeah, you might have a, a blood pressure issue or, a, or a, you know, a, a dicky ticker or um, you just freak out more often. If that's it, if stress is the real killer, you're definitely at greater risk. And maybe you would have been luckier long term. Maybe your life would have turned out better long term if you'd just been knocked down by that car in the first place. Or you'd been knocked down by the car but ended up in hospital for ages and eventually you were going to recover, but you got to just like lie there and relax on morphine for a really long time. Mm. And like you fell little, in love with a nurse and got married. Yeah, like a little morphine holiday. Like, mm. a, like a little romantic morphine holiday. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the idea of karma, and we talk about, whenever people talk about karma, we can't understand it as a concept that takes you your whole life to play out. So we have to say, oh, the reason that person ended up getting shat on by a bird was because they kicked that child a minute Mm. ago. But that isn't what karma means. Karma is supposed to play out after you die. And if luck is a thing that really exists, if people are going to measure the luck in their life, you can't really know how lucky you've been until you die. I don't necessarily ascribe luck to it, but, you know, you, you try and come up with patterns and a causality to things. With, with me, uh, because of the whole self-loathing thing, I'd be far more likely, rather than to blame luck, than to blame, I guess, my own version of karma. Like, well, the reason these bad things are happening to me is because I'm crap. And there's almost some truth in that a lot of the time, because a lot of the time when you have career issues um, or relationship issues, it's maybe not because of active decisions you made. I'm thinking specifically of relationships. It's not because of active decisions you made, but because you're generally a bit lackluster about the relationship or whatever, things end up going wrong. Mm. And then it seems like this big surprise, this thing that just happened at the end when everything goes badly wrong. But actually there were reasons. And I will always tend to blame myself for those things. Um, Or I'll blame the other person. That happens as well. But one of the things I've thought a lot recently is I'm pretty happy right now. I'm touching wood, even though I don't believe in that. And I think this touches on something we've talked about before, where although I had some really bad times in terms of relationships before and ended up with some people who were really unhealthy for me and also ended up on my own for a really long time that was just the most awful thing and it didn't seem fair that it was happening to me i think fairness is kind of tied into luck a little bit as well it's another one of those really nebulous concepts isn't it yeah i give you that I have to be honest, there are decisions I'm making now that have ended up with me being in a much more healthy... I couldn't be in the relationship I'm in now without having had all of those crappy things happen to me before. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Lux kind of like that as well. You get the people who win the lottery and then famously within two years, their life's completely in the toilet. You know, a lot of that's more straightforward causality. You get a lot, an awful lot of money and suddenly everybody wants something from you. 
but a lot of it's that psychologically they think they've got really lucky about something but actually life's just kind of gone on as normal and the come down from thinking you've got really lucky but life just being the same as normal is quite often more than a lot of people can handle it's how you choose to view the world isn't it whether you want to look at something as an instance of good luck or bad luck and sort of not question anything else around it or whether you're willing to accept what the action and the consequence was, what the action and the reaction was, effectively. Mm. I guess when it comes to winning the lottery or winning on a scratch card, that instance is so random. Statistically, yes, you can see which are the most common numbers, the common combination of numbers, where the best place is to buy your ticket from. But that's all putting statistics on things that are as unlikely as they are likely to happen again, to repeat themselves. You could gather three, four, five years worth of winning lottery numbers and within that try and find the most common numbers, enter those as your lottery ticket and you could still spend the next five years not winning because it's random. But when you do win, when you do have a windfall, how do you explain that? It's got to be something out of your control. It's got to be a higher power because if you just said, well, I paid a pound and I just happened to get lots of money off it, it sounds crazy. Yeah, it's like one of those things that's so conceptually difficult that you have to come up with a reason for it. But it's interesting because you can't, your concept of luck can't go too deep because every time one person gets lucky, everyone else gets a little bit of bad luck because they don't win. But you can't think of it like that because if you did, you'd never want to get lucky because you'd know that it always brought suffering into somebody else's life. Yeah, I mean, I think what we've managed to establish is that neither of us really believes in luck <laughs> as a thing. We don't we don't necessarily think it exists, but conceptually it's quite an interesting thing to talk about because mm. other people clearly do believe it exists. I guess the thing about the lottery is the only way really to be sure of the outcome when it comes to the lottery is to just not buy a ticket in the first place. Exactly. You have to be willing to lose that pound. I think the most pragmatic of minds would be, well, if I never play it, then that's a lot of money I've saved that I could use for something more sensible. There's an interesting side note to that, though, um, which, which is kind of about chance, but kind of more about what entering into games of chance does to us. And it's another one of those, uh, Nick was listening to a different podcast but there was a 99% Invisible podcast recently, which is a very good podcast. It was all about slot machines. And the thing that really sticks in my head about it is, you know, whenever you see a, a film set in Las Vegas or a TV program set in Las Vegas or somewhere like that, you've yep. always got the old women sort of at the slot machines, putting coins after coins after coins into them. But in this particular episode, they were talking about a couple of things. First thing was they no longer need those big arms our slot machines here haven't had those for ages. You know, the lever that you make the barrels go round. They haven't needed those for years and years and years. It's all electronic. In fact, they don't often even have barrels in them anymore. But they've kept those things because what they've discovered is that a big part of why people play the slots all the time is actually the feeling they get from pulling the arm and seeing those barrels go round. But the other thing they worked out was they'd observe people. They kind of had electrodes on people and stuff and were measuring their responses, their physical responses to playing the slot machines. And they worked out that people were like uh, having happy making chemicals and stuff going into them while they were playing. But a lot of them, if they won, they'd actually stop being happy for a few seconds until they'd collected all of their coins and started pumping them back in again. So for a lot of people, it isn't even about winning. 
that in fact ends up interrupting the flow. So, so the joy comes out of the loss of control. I think that's, yeah, I, I definitely think that's part of it. I think that's what the research kind of found a little bit, although it was about, I think the research is actually about other stuff. But I think that touches on something about why people need luck, because I think most people, you know, if you get into a proper conversation with them, kind of understand that life's a bit like, for the most part, is a bit like a Final Destination-style Rube Goldberg machine, where actually you might not always see the cause and effect of things, but it is there. But that's a lot to handle on a minute-to-minute basis. Thinking about the maths that runs the universe, it can almost make you just uh, check out. You could be constantly thinking about that. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe that you're, you have completely no power at all. But luck is one of those low-level things that it's easy to give away a little bit of your responsibility for the things that happen to you because of it. Relationships are a good one. If you've mainly had shitty relationships, you've got to accept one of three things. I'm going from the point of view of a straight male just because that's easiest for me, because that's what I am. Either you're just really unlucky when it comes to relationships, or all women are evil, or there's something wrong with you, and that's why this stuff keeps happening. Mm. Of those three things, it's definitely easiest to assume that you just get really unlucky when it comes to relationships. And sometimes that's what your friends and family will say to you as well, because it's easier than saying to you, you know, you've really got to change the whole way you live your life. This is all on you, the reason these things keep going wrong. Do you see what I mean? So I think it's a lot easier for people a lot of the time to believe in luck. Um, As I said, because otherwise you've got to start loathing yourself or other people, and those aren't particularly healthy choices. So luck is a shorthand then that we use to ascribe to things that either work out for or against us or for and against someone else. I guess it's it's something that can be used, that we can use, that people can use when perhaps they're not ready to delve deeper into the actual facts. Would that be a fair thing, do you think? If you're if you're dealing with um, something that is or is not in your favour, that you know could potentially be life changing. In the short term, while you're just trying to figure out the lay of the land, you could just say that was just terrible luck. And then maybe three or four years later, when the events aren't emotionally raw in the same way, you can actually take a more cold look at the facts and make a, a more informed, wiser decision on how much of that might have been your involvement, how much of that might have been the involvement of a third party. Yeah. And, and, and in the same way for good luck, really. Outside of the lottery example, if um, meeting the partner that you then end up being happily married to, you might initially think that was just right place, right time. Um, you could easily go, oh, you know, I was just so lucky to find this person and they make me so happy and la la la. But then later on, you, you might look back and, and, and go, well, I was ready. Yeah. All of these other things happened, got me to this particular point in my life, and I was ready to accept a new person into my life with these sorts of qualities, and it just came together, and I was ready for that thing to happen. Because if you weren't ready for that thing to happen, and you, and, you, know, and you met someone, that probably won't go well. There are a few reasons to put that particular... I mean, in that particular example, there are a few reasons to put it down to luck, aren't there? Because I could say I was kind of lucky that I met my wife after all of those I I was lucky that I met her in the first place but I was very lucky that I met her after all of those other things had happened so I was marginally less of an arsehole (laughs) 
uh, or had marginally thicker skin than I would have had had I met her earlier. But of course, had I met her earlier, she would have been about 15 <laughs> before all of these things happen. And, you know, she probably would have been a pain in the ass back then as well because of all of that other stuff. Um, so we get into the fact that really maybe it isn't luck that I met her at all. Maybe it's just chance that all of those factors happen to be in place and that we were two people who happened to be at that point in our lives and we roughly approximately fit each other's criteria for the sort of person we might want to be with, but also we're in the right place. Mm. And so we ended up being a really great, you know, not not always perfect but a really great fit for each other and that's how we've got to where we are now chance in this case is slightly different from luck because chance is that we were two people who were approximately right for each other and happened to be in the right state of mind at that particular point luck would say we were lucky to meet each other because there's maybe only her she she might be the only person who was perfect for me uh, we were these two people who were always kind of destined to meet each other and bad luck would have been us never connecting, but good luck was us, these two soulmates, connecting. Mm. But Chance says, like, there could be one in every 500 women out there <laughs> could have fit the bill for this if they happened to be at the right point in their life. Which was a weird thing for you to say at the wedding reception. It was an extremely... I don't think that speech really went down particularly <laughs> well. <laughs> I've really tried not to use the word chance because... I kind of see luck and chance as two sides of the same coin. They sort of describe similar things, but we use them in different contexts. Luck is more um, spiritual, ephemeral, something that seems otherworldly, you know, a power that comes from outside of what we can do. Whereas chance is used to describe the same circumstances, but attempts to do it in a much more scientific manner, that by using the word chance, we're accepting that there are other possibilities, but there wasn't a fate that controlled it, if you like. There wasn't a, a, an external force that controlled it. It's just that's the way the cards fell. In trying to discuss luck, it's kind of, I feel like if I use the word chance too much, I, it, I might as well just say the word luck, because they're both sort of describing an event in a similar but different way. Well, luck's, luck's quite deterministic. I think I'm using that term right. There's a level of fate being suggested yeah this was lucky the world kind of wanted this to happen this way whereas chance is i I think you've said it before chance is much more pragmatic and scientific yeah so in what circumstances do we choose to use one word over the other because it would seem it would seem to me like the things that are harder to believe or harder to explain we're more likely going to ascribe luck to when there's something that surprises us but we feel like it's explainable then maybe we will be more likely to call that chance i wonder if if richard dawkins is driving along on the motorway he is looking at the traffic that's bleeding in from the left and see i'm learning to drive i'm not sure if bleeding in is the right term but you know slithering i think is what it says in the highway code yeah so he's paying attention to the stuff that's slithering in from the left but he's going a little bit too fast and someone like pulls in front of him they're kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing but they don't know that he's looking in the other direction Mm. and he looks up he looks back just in time to see that they're there and slams on the brakes and just avoids a collision that's going to kill everybody involved i wonder if he's thinking even at that point even richard dawkins is probably thinking fucking hell that was lucky do you think if it was him i think he'd just go fucking hell i'm awesome (laughs) (laughs) actually yeah (laughs) 
I, I think maybe I'd forgotten who I was talking <laughs> about. Would he look up and go, oh, good lord, that was a uh, good chance? Well, there's a... Uh, well, he wouldn't have said good lord. And uh, No, no, good me, that was a good chance. <laughs> I think um, maybe, and this goes beyond luck, maybe just as humans, we're, we find it very, very difficult to uh, be pragmatic about emotional things. It's like the two different parts of our brain really struggle to work together a lot of the time. We find it very difficult to be pragmatic about things that are emotionally really kicking us in the uh, nuts Mm. or vagina um, at a particular given time. When people in a foreign country die because of some disaster, we think it's awful, but we kind of, we can process it as, well, that was because there was a tsunami or this happened. You can sort of see the chain of uh, the sequence of events that happened. But then when someone really close to you, something bad happens to them, all of that pragmatism goes out the window and you have to come up with a reason that, that kind of squares more with the emotional side. You can't easily and tactfully explain to someone who's just gone through perhaps a... We might not look at the total major scale of someone dying or something, but, you know, let's just say a close friend has gone through a bad patch. You can't easily sit down and put a caring hand on their shoulder and just say, it's just the way the cards fell. (laughs) You've got to comfort them somehow, and and how do you do that? You're just going to, you know, you're going to go, boy, that's some sucky luck, don't worry. What do people normally say? It's like, you know, that's bad luck. Don't worry. It'll turn around. Things will get better. We're really powerless unless we've got unlimited resources to help them solve their problems, Mm. which would then affect the way that they adapt to problems in later life if they're just going to expect someone else to solve their problems for them. Anyway, that's a different thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But unless we are able to guide them through every single step, we just have to kind of almost glibly just ascribe that to luck. Even if we don't really believe it in ourselves, believe in in luck or karma or whatever ourselves, I know I don't, we'll quickly turn to it if we need to comfort someone else. Because to do anything more pragmatic would seem cold and distant, I suppose. Well, you end up actually that that little trio that I mentioned earlier on suits in this case because, again, you either have to blame luck or you have to tell them how it's their fault or you have to tell them that it's someone else's fault. Yeah. That isn't always particularly helpful because one makes them feel awful about themselves. One starts to foster these really negative feelings towards the rest of the world that don't really help either. And the, But there's the other thing, isn't there? It's like, it's just so unlucky that you're looking to buy a house at, at a time when the uh, the house prices are so high. Well, that's not really luck, is it? It's just, it's history as it happens or whatever. It's just how things are. Another way of looking at it might be, it's a bit stupid of you wanting to buy a house when the house prices are so shitty. What is it that causes people to look at others who are very successful in their field, whether they're successful in business or they're a successful uh, performer or even just a flavour of the month celebrity? Why, why is it that we like to look at those people and just call them lucky? Is that, again, shorthand, is that like we, we don't want to acknowledge that there is some skill and hard work amongst the chances that opened up to them to get them to the point where they'll be on the cover of magazines and they can make millions of pounds a year? It's easier to look at those people if we want what they've got, and we almost mm. always do, but we somehow can't achieve it whether we're putting the work in or not. We either do it because if we put it down to luck, then there's a possibility it could happen to us 
without us having to do all of the stuff that they've done. It's mm-hmm. not always laziness, but like it could happen to us. We could get there. The other side of the coin is that if we put it down to luck, then we can say, well, it isn't that they're more talented than me. And that's that reflects better on you or the person who's thinking it because mm. it's like well you don't have to accept that maybe you're just not as good at a particular thing the thing like the thing i've thought about more and more often recently especially with things like comics and writing especially with creative things but with with technology as well it isn't there's a finite amount of space for success in most circumstances there are only so many people who can be a top selling uh, music artist or whatever mm. so it's easier to think that someone got lucky to be in the position they're in than to think that and and like well they're you know i'm as good as them sometimes you know i'm better than them at certain things but i just can't get a break but they're doing really well if you decide that it's because they're lucky then you don't have to acknowledge that maybe they just got in through the doors before the club was full Maybe there can only be so many quirky, cockney-sounding female vocalists before people have had their fill, and maybe you should have got that. Maybe you should have got there before Kate Nash and Lily Allen did, but you didn't. All of which, I mean, all of those things get called luck anyway, don't they? There's that whole idea of the right place at the right. You know, this person was in the right place at the right time, and the suggestion whenever anyone says that is that it happened by fucking accident. <laughs> That's what's so astonishing, I think, now when people make such a big deal out of, you know, someone in their in their late teens being a big star. This was never a huge deal. I mean, 50, 50 years ago, people might not necessarily make it big in whatever they're doing until they were in their 30s, perhaps, because they trod the boards, they paid their dues, and it was their time. Whereas now you can have an whole entourage, a whole industry around you that just sort of lifts you up quickly. And can also chew you up and spit you out too. You know, there's there are two sides to that. And again, it just comes down to the cards you're dealt with. And, and in, in this example, uh, we're looking at those who obviously become incredibly famous. So they're, sure. uh, they're you know, they're exposed to a large population and a lot of them can, can go, oh, how lucky they must be to have that sort of lifestyle. It ignores a whole amount of hard work and a whole amount of stuff that they've got to deal with in their everyday life. That you know, someone looking at the front cover of OK magazine has really no, you know, no idea. And yes, okay, fine. They might not have to work nine to five, five days a week like you do, but their responsibilities to be good at what they do means that it could be taking up more time than you think it would. And I wonder when people go, oh, how lucky they are. That really, that's coming from not even a lack of understanding, but just basic envy. Like you were saying, it's just like, well, they've got what I want. How luck, unluck, lucky luck was uh, Michael Jackson to be born into the Jackson family, eh? On the one hand, he was born into a family that was already a showbiz family with a father who really pushed them and already had have obviously made the connections. But on the other hand, he was living in a, like, a well, not even a borderline. It was like an abusive household, etc., etc., etc. His path was he didn't have any control of his own destiny, etc., etc., etc. It's never as simple as people choose to make it. But again, it's because normally they're thinking about themselves in relation to that person. Yeah. They're not really thinking about that person. Like now, it's um, easy to see how a bunch of people could get together and form a tech startup, but. Throughout the 70s and 80s, the people who were, who were becoming tech nerds 
but they were having to put up with all sorts of societal pressures and stuff like that that were telling them not to be like this. It's not like those people were lucky to be in tech at the beginning of the computer boom. The computer boom happened because those people were there at that particular time. Do you know what I mean? I'm not making my point particularly well because I'm saying the computer boom and stuff like that, but it's like the people who were making loads of money and forming companies and coming up with innovations at the start of the social internet weren't lucky to be doing what they were doing then. The social internet happened because of what they were doing. But the right place at the right time thing, yeah. There are an awful lot of it. You have to hang around in the right place an awful lot to happen to be there at the right time. It isn't just luck. I've been thinking a lot about games. Games in general, but video games in particular. But it's something that you can sort of see. I, uh, My father-in-law is an exceptionally smart and pragmatic man. But when he comes over here and he plays Peggle, which is a video game on the Xbox, he sees it completely as a luck-based game. It's kind of a very random game, but it, yeah. it, it isn't actually luck. It's random. And to give an example that more people might have heard of, I think uh, I saw someone playing Candy Crush the other day, and they referred to it as being entirely lucky how things turn out on there. I guess we would have said that about Tetris, and my favourite example is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which is a game on the Mega Drive. All of these tend to be games where they're top-down, uh, stuff comes in, like items, patterns, certain shaped blocks or tiles or different coloured fruit, fall down from the top of the screen, and you have to match them up with the stuff that's already fallen to either get rid of them or uh, you basically lose the game when the screen fills up or you run out of chances to to change everything. And there is a huge amount of randomness to what comes out, to what colours are going to come out in the case of Peggle, to where the ball's going to go, to go back to a game from our youth, an actual meat space game. Uh, Kaplunk was another example of this, Mm -hmm. where you had a... straws stuck into a big tube and there were marbles on top of it we all liked it because it made loads of noise Um, but it seemed completely random you had to remove straws and you had to try not to drop any of the marbles and most of the people i've seen playing these games enjoy them because there's a level of excitement to popping your row of things or to not having marbles fall down or whatever but they engage with it literally only on that one level where they see it entirely as luck But the way I've always seen games like that is it's about how well you've prepared for whatever tile ends up coming out or whatever Mm. collection of beans end up coming out. I guess in the case of Kaplunk, if you're going to make decisions based entirely on never dropping a single marble, that's fine. But eventually you're going to lose because eventually the marbles are going to fall down. So the thing that I was always working for with uh, Mean Bean Machine, which was my favourite of all of these games, I absolutely love it, was to at least lay things out so it didn't matter if I didn't get the exact red block that I needed, a block of beans that I needed to uh, set things off. Whatever colour came out, there was something going on where I could place it, even if it didn't mean uh, it didn't mean entirely fitting to my plans. Inevitably, you're always going to lose a game like that. Tetris, you're always going to lose eventually. It's just going to keep on going. And the strategy with all of those games is to prepare yourself for that randomness. Like you were saying, is those who do better at them, it's, it's, it's not easy to think two or three moves ahead, but you prepare yourself, you know, a game board which allows for multiple things being able to happen in the next move. 
how you deal with it leads you to the next step. And that could be positive or negative, depending on the way that you have dealt that hand. Uh, If you choose to look at it in a way that A leads to B, then that may well mean that your action leads to something good or bad. Where you might look at it instead as like A to B to C to D, then you might have good or bad outcomes in the middle of it. But ultimately, if you come out at the end with the outcome that you were hoping for, then things aren't so bad. You're not playing for the next immediate reward. You're just trying to, you're basically just giving yourself breathing room and creating potential. Yeah, that sort of touches on on, uh, the phrase that you create your own luck. Mm. Luck in and of itself doesn't exist, you make it. It's by focusing on the things that you really care about, you are more likely to create opportunities that are positive. That perfectly sums up what I, what I think about that phrase as well, mm. actually. That's not luck, but what that is, is putting in the hard work to figure out exactly what it is you're going to excel at and then just push in that direction. You might not necessarily become the, uh, the face on the cover of OK Magazine, but it can lead you to what you would define as a successful way of life or a successful path. Even if it's not necessarily the thing that you really hoped for, but by making the right moves, it takes you somewhere that you didn't expect to go. Um, Which leads me into, um, because when I was thinking about the topic just before we started recording, do a little bit of Google foo, as I usually do, came across uh, a page of quotes about luck. One of them in there was from the Dalai Lama. It says, remember that sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. I very much agree with uh, him. He sounds like a smart person even though he's also a llama someone should give him a a tv show or something that's a person who deserves some recognition that's that's some wisdom there yeah the famous games are chess and drafts really but there there's no real element of chance to chess if you if you know the game inside and out you're not going to find chance at all yeah. if you're not a particularly good player then you're going to think that 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 you know that a move that you made or a move that someone else made was lucky um but you know when you've got two highly skilled chess players playing against each other they know exactly what the deal is exactly whereas the thing is with backgammon the thing i love about it is it's kind of got that same old classic feel it's simple in the same way that chess is and also really complicated in the same way that chess is but because there's also the element the introduction of a dice roll or two dice rolls introduced into it there's this element of chance that makes it impossible for arrogance and intellect to just complete and skill and how long you've been playing it to completely win the win the day you have to be quite a fluid thinker Mm. because you genuinely don't know what the dice is going to throw up next you know what i mean it's one of the few games where rolling double sixes can be the most amazing dice roll in most cases when you throw double sixes that counts as good luck in most games but if you can't do anything with double sixes in backgammon and you keep throwing them that's it you're fucked it's completely not the outcome you want um and that's the thing i really like about it another interesting thing is patience or solitaire which people play by themselves for hours and hours and hours and it's literally just about which cards come out when there's very little you can you have very little input into it because people play it for hours it's till they enter into a meditative state over it but there's no skill involved as far as i can tell because you're just dealing with the one thing that's in front of you right now that there might not necessarily be 
you know again like i was saying with the other games is that the best way to play is to try and strategize against multiple outcomes the thing is is that each time you play it is random it is different and so it's not like darts where you're having to build up a very specific skill in order to get good at something but you can feel like you can have a satisfying outcome by just handling the randomness that's, sure. the, that's the appeal of any of those sorts of games. The thing that makes you come back is it's not going to be the same game the next time you play it. And there is a reward that comes out of just dealing with the next thing that happens. Pragmatism becomes a, a winning trait in those games, mm. which is something I really like about them. Wow, you can totally fold that into the... <laughs> You're still recording, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But that bit, that bit is kind of one of the things I was really hoping we'd say in the bit about games that I completely failed to get around to. <laughs> Moving from that kind of general chitter chat, general chitter chatter, <laughs> and warming up. This is going to go great. Um, I blame the weather. <laughs> it's too hot. It doesn't take much, does it? It's like two or three degrees, and it switches from too cold to too hot because we like to whinge here mm. in the United Kingdom. It's like, oh, it's too cold. I've got to put the heating on. I've got to put on a jumper. And then it gets really hot. And it's like, oh, my God, it's too hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's us, but it's also kind of our lives just aren't set up for it. The thing, we, we've been sitting in the living room for the last couple of days thinking there are noises out in the kitchen and it's creepy because we had a rodent issue in the back garden. I think it was actually our neighbor's issue. But Is that code for something? There was a rat in our garden, oh, okay. uh, and and we were thinking, there's a rat in our garden, what are we going to do? Are you going to fix that rat? We were going to try and fix the rat, mm. but then it just turned up dead in the garden. Oh, that sort of takes the fun out of it. Well, it was a bit weird. I was like, oh no, I don't know, did one of the dogs get it? Did it just spontaneously up and die? <laughs> has it, has it, is there poison in our garden somewhere? And I just didn't know. Maybe it's it just confusing. didn't like your garden, Nick. It disliked our garden so much that in protest it just died, yeah. upped and died on us. That was its review. Yeah. Zero stars, my corpse. I put so much work into the garden as well. So we've been so we've been hearing these noises in the kitchen, thinking, is there is there like a mouse or a rat out there? Oh, and this is really bad. And going out there and not being able to hear where the noise was coming from. And I worked out last night. It's because where the ambient temperature has gone up ever so slightly, mm. all of the uh, ice that had frozen to the back of the fridge. <laughs> You know, in the inside of your fridge, yeah. it's really difficult to regulate it so that it's exactly the right temperature. So there's normally a chunks of ice forming on the back of it. It was all melting, and that was the noise. It was all shifting and melting inside the fridge. So I had to turn the fridge up. That's how you know that the ambient temperature's gone up. If there was no other metric at all, like shorter <laughs> sleeves or sweat, no. or even, um, you know, the Met Office, it had to be the fridge. Yeah. We don't watch terrestrial TV, Steve. It's overrated. I um we don't get any of I get my news from Twitter um and I get my weather reports from uh whether or not there's whether or not my face is wet when I go out the door or whether or not it's uh, dry which is a little bit confusing because you start sweating when it gets hot don't you <laughs> <laughs>